The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Friday, everybody. Today on the show, Superflex Strategies, Antonio Brown's Dynasty Value, the Patriots won't name an offensive coordinator, and Kyler Murray has a new contract. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today on this Friday morning. I am Adam Azer. I'm joined by Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings. And how how happy are you for Kyler Murray? Yeah. Good afternoon. Good <laughs> Good evening. I won. I am winning this argument without question. What do you mean? 11.30 is not morning. 11.30 is afternoon. There was a Twitter poll, and 90% of Twitter voted against you. And then there was another Twitter poll, and they basically agreed with me, agreed with me maybe without even realizing it. I said, what meal are you more likely to eat at 11.30? And it was overwhelmingly lunch instead of breakfast, which means 11.30 is afternoon, and we I all know lunch it. At 10, I eat lunch today at 9.30. You're a freak. I I don't uh, I'm not talking about because you're a senior citizen. Yeah. You went to bed at six. <laughs> you have your reading light. I wake up at five thirty. <laughs> uh, I you know Heath, I just don't want you to be confined to the shackles of uh, semantics in society where anything before it's noon has to be morning. Nothing semantic about it. The word is afternoon. <laughs> That's semantics. I mean. <laughs> okay, uh, we got well, a lot. First, you don't know how to say which days of the week it is. Now you don't know how to say what time it is. I don't know how to say days of the week. Yeah, your whole next Wednesday, this oh, Wednesday. Oh, that I'm right about. argument that you lost that one too. Most of your bad opinions are matters of opinion, at least. Um, but this one is right up there with the frog and dog don't rhyme as like, maybe there's something actually wrong with you. <laughs> oh, look at this, Patrick. Thank you. Uh, fast food establishments used to stop serving breakfast at 1030. That was always my yardstick. Uh, this, like somebody tried to use beer as an example, like you can start drinking. I, I bring him understand. on. Come on, bring Scott on. Scott, yes. I'll send you a link. You could come argue this with us. Scott Fish wants to argue with this. This is a, a mailbag show. Um, I just so, made my last pick in the Scott Fish Bowl just now. Oh, I drafted Blankenship as my last pick. Who'd you draft? Uh, we, Damien Williams. Adam, we had this talk. Yeah, I know. What? I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's my last Lee, pick. I really tried to help. Um, what about I, not drafting a kicker? I, I, there's nothing wrong with flexing a kicker and picking one up and using him. 
but we had this month or six weeks where nobody's going to add any players. Draft a backup running back who might turn into a starter. Yeah, that was my thought too. It was like there, there was a few was kickers none. that I was eyeing, but like I'll find one if I need one. That was the thing. I didn't really think I, I, I the rest of the kickers were so, on such bad teams that I'd rather secure blanket chip. I could have drafted uh, Trey Sermon. That was basically who I was deciding between. Anyway, let's get to the show. Uh, I'm going to bring on Scott Fish this in a little bit. What? What? I thought we were doing the show. We're doing it. Now we're into the actual show. Let's do a rankings dispute. Now that Kyler Murray has signed his contract, are you a little bit more optimistic about him? Maybe. Uh, it's a big deal, by the way. Five years, $230.5 million, $160 million guaranteed for injury. And I also read on ESPN, he has the highest completion percentage in the first three seasons of a career in NFL history. That's that's pretty crazy. Um, so Jalen Hurts versus Kyler Murray. As of yesterday, you both had Kyler Murray seventh. And you both had Jalen Hurts fourth or fifth. Any thought on moving Kyler Murray ahead of Jalen Hurts or Heath? Are you sticking with your guns, Jalen ahead of Kyler? I am sticking with my guns, Jalen ahead of Kyler. But I did move Kyler up one spot in Dynasty. And only because I've gone back and forth and back and forth with he and Lamar. And this gives Kyler a little bit more long, long-term security than Lamar has and a lot more long-term security than Hertz does. So I would rather have Murray than Lamar or Hertz in Dynasty, but for this year, I'll take Lamar and Hertz over Murray. The most fascinating stat that I saw yesterday about Kyler Murray is that he was the ninth overall pick in the 2018 MLB draft by the Oakland Athletics. Their payroll this year is $48.5 million. Wow. Kyler Murray will be paid $46.1 million. Wow. For this year. That's amazing. He's making the entire payroll. Yeah, he made a good decision financially. He really did. But I think, Jamie, what about you? Are you sticking with Hertz over, over Kyler? Uh, I am sticking with Hertz over Kyler. I do think that I will uh, revisit many a times uh, in the next few weeks uh, four, five, six, and seven in my rankings, which are Hertz four. Lamar five, Russell six, and Hertz seven. No, oh, Kyler um, seven. I'm I'm sorry, Kyler seven. I, I like Hertz so much I ranked twice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Kyler seven, uh, because of the rushing ability that Kyler will have over Russell Wilson. So that's the one that makes me the most concerned. That was the biggest news of yesterday, but the biggest news of this morning was Nick Chubb squatting six hundred and ten pounds. My gosh, with that's, some that's sort Adams. of bar that like. Would bend with there was like a it was like a rubbery type bar and there were high school football players on both ends spotting him, and so I put up a Twitter poll because people were talking last week about Juju's slip and slide TikTok and how those are the types of things he shouldn't be doing in the off season. What's more dangerous in the off season, doing a slip and slide TikTok or squatting six hundred and ten pounds in a high school gym? I mean, squatting. Yeah, squatting. Dangerous. <laughs> it's, way, it's way more dangerous, right? <laughs> but everybody's just talking about how awesome Nick Chubb is, and nobody's worried about him getting hurt. Do you think if I see you guys, uh, we can do the tortilla challenge or whatever it is? I do not know what that is. Kevin Hart yes, and, and The Rock did it. They slapped each other in the face with tortillas and tried not to spit water out of their mouth or something when they were slapped in the face with tortillas. See, here's the thing that I don't quite get about that is if you're standing too close to the person... You're slapping them to basically spit water on you. <laughs> so I didn't that see it. With the tortilla? Yeah, you slap it with a tortilla, yeah. Yes. So you could have a high-quality tortilla that won't break. There's a lot that goes into this. I think it starts with rock, paper, scissor, too, to see who slaps. Yes. So, all right, Heath, you can consider it's Peter Do I have to make the case for Kyler Murray here? 
just to have an argument about this? I mean, he's, he's got the ability to be the number one quarterback in fantasy if he stays healthy. Right. He has shown that. I mean, the optimistic view with Kyler is that before Hopkins got hurt last year, he was number two in six point and three per game. And he's better in four point, by the way. Uh, and then in 2020, before he sprained his AC joint, he was the number one quarterback in fantasy. So he has shown just as much upside as basically anyone. And, you know, Hurts has not. Hurts has Wasn't only Hurts the number one quarterback no. in fantasy before they stopped throwing? No. He was maybe number three in four point, number five in well, six point. Well, you had to take out the third quarter of the fourth game oh. and then the fifth quarter of the sixth game. And then when you answer that, the bleep out of it, he could be the fourth, number one quarterback. Uh, he, was, he was number two in four point, number five in six point. And on a per game basis, he was number three and number six in the respective formats. That was in the first seven games of the season when they threw 34.6 pass attempts per game, or he threw 34.6 passes per game. Um, and then I just did some math. I gave Kyler 4,500 passing yards and about 550 rushing yards. I gave Hertz 4,000 passing yards and 890 rushing yards. All of this was based on what they've done in the past. Uh, that gave Hertz a 14-point advantage in yards. But then if you factor in what they've done in touchdowns, Kyler crushes them, uh, you know, so what? far. You'd, you'd have to get a lot more touchdowns, passing touchdowns specifically from, from Hertz to make up the difference, basically. Kyler's been really up and down on the touchdowns, right? Not really. I, well, I, didn't, I took out his rookie year, and I took out Hertz's, Hertz's rookie year, too. So he's been basically a 29-ish touchdown guy. Uh, touch, passing touchdowns last two years around the, per 17 games. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> That's a lot. There are so many qualifiers. Well, I mean, look, how can I you... Like the way, I like that we started that little that little segment with, I did some math. <laughs> I did. I mean, I looked, at, I looked at the last two years for Kyler, and I looked at the last year for Hertz. I think if you factor in any, any quarterback's rookie season, it's always going to drag their numbers down too much because they were so much better than they were that year. And plus, he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins that year. And then, then there's the whole DeAndre Hopkins thing. I mean, if Hopkins were healthy in week one, would you guys have Kyler? Sorry, not healthy. Playing in week one, would you have Kyler ahead of, of Hertz? Uh, they would be closer, yes. If Hopkins was playing in week one, would Kyler have Hollywood Brown? Yeah. Let's say yes. Okay. Then You don't, then you don't think they made that trade because of Hopkins being suspended? I don't, I don't think it's – I mean, I think it might have had a little something to do with it. It would definitely they be pretty Kirk. different if they extend Hollywood, but he's a free agent after next year, right? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think so. This is his fourth season, so uh, no, no, he plays his fifth. But he's his on fifth, fifth season. Year okay, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, and so yeah. Anyway, he is not losing Hopkins for the entire season. I just don't really see I, the only thing. The only thing that I see in Hertz's favor is he's going to rush for more yards. You, but you, your math involved giving Kyler forty five hundred yards and twenty nine touchdowns when he's never thrown for four thousand yards. It's per seventeen or more games. Twenty six touchdowns. He was on pace last year. What was his pace? It was about forty six hundred yards or something. And I, I mean, I don't. I can look up the numbers that I used. No, no. I th- I think that might, he might have been on pace. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's what I'm giving him. Like, his pace. Jalen's played. 19 or 20 football games. And I, I just think... I was generous with his 4,000 yards to, for Jalen Hurts. And I was kind of conservative with the rushing yards for Kyler. But um, 
Well, I mean, we saw Kyler's rushing come down last year, you know, so. So I actually looked at that. It, it was basically the same in 2019 and 2021. It was in the 550-ish range. 2020, he rushed for, he was on pace for over 900 rushing yards, but he, he ran a lot more that year, and he had a career high in yards per carry. So I, so I went conservative, and I went with his lower rushing totals. Uh, I sold Kyler short, I think, with my projections, and um, didn't really do that with Jalen Hurts. And I still think that Hurts has a lot of ground to make up in touchdowns, which he might now that he has AJ. Brown. Well, I mean, look, you're, you're you're debating this with two people who are probably a little too excited about Jalen Hurts. Yeah, maybe, but, but not going to reflect that. I also, I just wonder, you know, Kyler has is seventh, and now he has for the last eleven games of his season the best receiving duo he's ever had. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, yes, he doesn't have Hopkins for six games, but for 11 games, he's got Hopkins and Brown. Well, you're, you're assuming that everybody's healthy. You know, well, and, we always and, are. I'm assuming Brown and Devontae Smith are healthy. You know? Sure, which is, which is fair. But you know, this, this is a, a quarterback we have to factor in that has struggled to stay healthy. And his playing style, the way that he plays, I know it's gonna, you could say similar yeah, to Hurts, similar right. to Mark Jackson. It is similar to Hertz, but he gets injured. Those guys have avoided injury, you know, until Lamar last year. All right. Well, I've made my case. I don't know. I, who, look, I don't even know who I like, but what, I, I think what, there's an easier case to make for makes Kyler. Total sense. We have it ranked differently than the way people are going to draft it. No one is drafting Jalen Hurts over Kyler Murray. I, I would be shocked, majority, if that's going to be the case. And and it may be by five or six ADP by the position. I'm going to do a Twitter poll and just see how people are feeling about it. But, all right. Um, let's, uh, let's go to our big news, our other news items here. Uh, by the way, of course, we'll remind you to please vote for us on podcastawards.com. You're almost done with me pestering you about it. You can see the QR code up there if you're watching on youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. Uh, go ahead and you know scan it. Please vote for us. Best sports podcast, best male-hosted podcast, and people's choice. And I always promote podcast uh, Facebook group, those types of things. Jamie, what uh, content do we have to look forward to on the website, cbssports.com slash fantasy coming up? That's a great question. We have a meeting today to figure that out. Oh, cool. Um, I mean, look, we've been rolling out a lot of our training camp previews, um, our team previews. I think Chris Towers has done the majority of those. Uh, I believe Heath is in the middle of his sleepers, breakouts, and bus, right? Another version? Uh, break, breakouts came out today. They didn't spread around the month, but uh, all dynasty rankings, all positions, and top 150 just updated this week. I just finished uh, going through last night my third-year receivers. I'll finish that up today. It's, uh, it's fun looking at that group, man. I, I think when you get to – I'm curious. Uh, I'll see what you guys think. The 2014 class, obviously, of our recent generation is considered the best receiver class maybe of all time. Uh, but certainly the one that we we measure it to. This group, if the guys hit, could be in that conversation. Yeah. Agree or disagree? Oh, uh, yeah. Give me the names. I, I'm going to forget some. So Jefferson, Lamb, Pittman, uh, Higgins, Higgins, Mooney, Ayuk, Claypool, Judy. Gabriel Davis, mm. uh, and then you know the the yeah. back end guys, KJ Osborne, Van Jefferson. It's a lot Eagles of potential. Won. I don't personally ever see. I just have a hard time ever projecting a receiving class to end up better than 2014. 
I agree, but but yeah, this is a, there's a lot of potential. So there. who was in the 2014? Oh man, 2014 was Devonte Adams, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks. Um, I, you know, uh, so I could Sammy see, Watkins, like, Sammy Jefferson Watkins. Can't, could cancel out Adams pretty easily. Um, was Jarvis Higgins Landry could, in that group? Higgins Landry was in that group. Landry was in that group too. Yeah, the the thing is, it's like right oh, Alan, now. Did you say Alan Robinson? Allen Robinson. It is just amazing. It's ridiculous. And, yeah. and they're still playing at a high level. Like, you can, you can see Evans and Adams are on a Hall of Fame track. And then you have a lot of Hall of Very Good. Yeah. With a few of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, this group, Jefferson is obviously on a Hall of Fame track through two years. Um, you're still asking him to, you know, do it. But if Lamb and... You know, Pittman and Higgins are, 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 are I think, Hall of Very Good kind of players. Um, Judy can, can easily be in both categories if things start to work out for him, but probably maybe Hall of Very Good. But it's, it's, it's so deep. Yeah. Um, and I think potential for, for uh, last year's wide receiver class, maybe this year's wide receiver class, to also be deep. It's a, it's a loaded position at the college level. And um, I was actually just reading a scouting report on the top receivers for the 2023 NFL draft and was very surprised. Dane Brugler for The Athletic, used to work for CBS Sports, did not have uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I believe is how you pronounce it, for Ohio State as his number one wide receiver. He had the LSU guy, whose name I'm also forgetting how to pronounce, as number one. Uh, it's interesting content and uh, looking forward to talking about that at a much later date. But that's coming up on uh, cbsportscom slash fantasy, the year three wide receivers, the breakouts for Heath, and just so much great content. It's draft time right now. So we've got your back and we will uh, help you win your leagues. And uh, I should say from a programming note on CBS Sports HQ, mm. our show um, starts for eternity on uh, August 1st. So Monday, August 1st, CBS Sports HQ, noon Eastern. News and notes. Cleveland signed quarterback Josh Rosen to a one-year deal. The Patriots will not have an official offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. And it's not new on the defensive side, but it's new on the offensive side. Uh, does, that, coordinators. does that concern you guys at all? That we don't know who's going to be calling the plays and, and whatnot for New England? I have concern that the offense will be worse than it was last year. Okay. Kenyon Drake was cleared for training camp. So here's a list of noteworthy players who are starting training camp on the pup list. The pup list, talk about it a lot. If you don't know what it is, it is the physically unable to perform list. And you can start camp on the pup list and come off at any point. But if you start the season on the pup list, you must miss at least four games. So here are the players, the noteworthy ones who have started the year, the training camp rather, on the pup list. James White, Michael Thomas, three players on the Jets, tight end CJ Uzama, left, hopefully left tackle, maybe right tackle Mikai Becton, and defensive end Carl Lawson, who missed all of last year after being a very big free agent acquisition last year, and Carl Lawson towards Achilles. Mikai or Mikai? Um, I would probably just kind of combine them so nobody knows if I'm right or wrong. Mikai, like Mikai? <laughs> I don't know. Becton, though, uh, the offensive tackle, he's on the pup list. New Orleans defensive end Marcus Davenport, Atlanta linebacker Deion Jones, Patriots cornerback Jonathan Jones, and Patriots safety Jabril Peppers. 
not huge deals right now. They're on the pup list. They have plenty of time to come off. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, Heath, can you start waivers in our Dynasty League so I can make some moves? It's like guys, guys on the pup list. Yeah, I, I do not want to do that quite yet. Um, I like to wait a little bit longer, but I, I do feel really gross about Michael Thomas being on the pup list. Hmm, but things have been so positive lately. But it's been over a year since he had ankle surgery. How, like, how are, is he still physically unable to perform? I'm sure it's procedural to an extent. But yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Got a great question here in the chat. Can you guys say some of your pet peeves? I bet Adam has some weird ones. I do. I was just thinking about this yesterday, and I can't remember, or a couple days ago, what was that? I was like, you know what really grinds my gears for all you fans, for your Family Guy fans, but I don't remember what it was, but I will think of it, Michael. You guys have any pet peeves you want to share? Not off the top of my head, but that's a great question. It is a great this question. This one's really unfair, and I judge myself for it, so I'll share it with you guys. I really, like when I'm watching a television show with someone, and they're on their phone through the entire show. Mm. <laughs> oh, it drives me crazy. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> oh, I finished Stranger Things yesterday. Oh, you did? What'd you think? <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's amazing. I'll give you a, a pet peeve that, that I do, that I'm such a hypocrite about. If I'm going to watch a show, I don't like it when anybody tells me anything about the show, including how they felt about it. You know? Oh, you didn't see that yet? Oh, it was great. Or, oh, it was really good until, like, the last episode. Like, don't say anything. Don't give me anything at all about it. That's a pet peeve. But, uh, people leaving the milk out? That's not a pet peeve. That's just, that's just wrong. Uh, that's a comment from Michael. Um, okay. Heath, that was a terrific pet peeve. Uh, well done. And I would say anybody who says, I could care less... Also, that's just wrong. Don't say that. You you couldn't care less is the expression. We'll take a break. When we come back, your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Scott Fish, if you're watching and you want to join us, now's the time. You can tell us what you think about the morning-afternoon debate, which is not even a debate because I won it. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Leave us your Apple podcast questions with a five-star review. Do you ever have breakfast for dinner? It's a change-up. I don't really do it, but everybody acknowledges... No, no, no. start Hold at on. 6 p.m.? Hold on. When you have <laughs> breakfast for dinner, Heath, you are acknowledging, hey, look at this. I'm doing something bold here. I'm having breakfast for dinner. When you have lunch at 1130, you're just having lunch. It's not no I'm late lunch if I have lunch at 1130. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> what time are you having dinner tonight? Um, probably about 430. What? And you're, you're 70 years old. <laughs> you get a discount for that? No, um, we'll this one is actually not. It's it's Friday. It's happy hour, and happy hour starts at four. So I'll probably go to happy hour and just have dinner at happy hour. Okay, Adam, do you remember the Piccadilly Cafe? No. Oh, I don't. Staples, South Florida. Oh, there he is. Scottfish is here. You, you can hop on anytime you want, man. Uh, how you doing? Oh no, can't hear you. Can't hear you. I'm, do, I'm doing good. Oh, sorry. You're good. You're good. Okay, hear me now? Yeah, a little bit of a delay, I think. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, my mic starts on mute, which is very annoying. So it's been off and on when I any stream. I, I don't know why it does that. Um, yeah, yeah, so I'm, I might blow your mind with this, the, uh, the, uh, the breakfast thing. I have a thing where, like, I did a lot of reading when I was younger, and I know that breakfast is the breaking of the overnight fast. So I feel like even if you eat it at 11 or 12, if it's your first meal of the day, it's still breakfast. Okay. And I know that Jamie and Heath are not going to like that. It's that it, no. I mean, time is very important here. Also, the type of food, but the, actually the, the question, the debate from yesterday oh, was... No, I know the debate. Is. Yeah, yeah, what time? Is 11.30 morning or afternoon? And I contend it is definitely afternoon. No, no. I'm with Heath and Jamie on this one. Noon <laughs> is noon, and anything after it is afternoon. Right. Before it is before noon. So what Scott's saying is that I'm not an old man eating lunch at 9.30 in the morning. I'm just eating lunch food for breakfast. No, see now if you pull if you pull the Dave, Dave used to eat two lunches a day. Um, <laughs> if you say you're having your second breakfast, <laughs> that's fine. But you're eating lunch at, like you're eating lunch food at nine thirty. Yeah, I had a hamburger and some French fries at, before the show. You're not having a second breakfast. I, I know Lord of the Rings lore, but you can only break the overnight fast once. Okay, I mean I I get that. Um, breakfast for dinner is delicious. I, I I don't know where you're going with that, but breakfast for dinner. Is I just mean like Scott, if it, if it's eleven thirty in the morning, okay. Would, would you ever eleven thirty in the morning? Would you ever? Okay, if it, <laughs> damn it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to edit that out. That was really bad. If it's eleven thirty, if it's eleven thirty, would you ever say good morning to someone? You would never say that. It's not morning anymore. It's He's from Minnesota. He says good morning all hours of the day. <laughs> I, I say good morning at three in the afternoon. I'm, I'm just bad with time. I used to work overnight, so my my clock might be messed up. Well, then I th- thoroughly regret in sending you the link to this stream. Yeah. 
Scott, um, I'm going to let you go because uh, you don't have your typical audio set up. But thank you for weighing in and crushing my day, my morning. Okay. okay. Sorry, You're the best, Scott. All right, man. Take yeah. it easy. Uh, all right. That is <laughs> it's 1130 stopping. in the morning. <laughs> Damn it. That was really bad. Here's our first email. It comes from Theodore. He says, hey, Fran, Norm, Craig, and Joe. And then he says, Adam better get this. He deserves no help here. Fran, yeah. Norm, Craig, and Joe. I do not know. Are those like old Giants players or something? Uh, maybe. Anyway, I'm in a, a new Superflex league, and I'm not sure what's the best strategy. Should I aggressively pursue quarterback like round one and another in round two or three, or is it best to wait on that second quarterback? Which strategy do you guys find more successful in Superflex? I think it comes down to how you, well you know your league because I know Heath once upon a time won, it was a two-quarterback league, but um, by waiting on quarterbacks and you ended up with, I think, two pretty good ones. I know Stafford was one. Um, I don't remember who else you took, but he knew that I think our league was going to be a little bit more patient with quarterbacks, at least the way I would approach it. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Heath, but um, like in the fishbowl, I think you kind of know everybody's going quarterbacks early, at least the ones that have people that have played it before. So you better get too quickly because it's going to dry up and dry up fast. Uh, yeah, you there's. There's a, a lot of different ways to to skin a cat, right, Adam? Don't I mean that's a horrible image? <laughs> but I, I have the thing. Um, no, there are. I'm trying to look up. So last year, the guy who won our two quarterback league, which really is the same as Superflex, took Kyler Murray in round one and Jalen Hurts in round three. Heath, you and I won the Superflex ten team league with Kyler Murray and and uh, Lamar Jackson in rounds one and two, but I can't really say that was the reason why we won. Um, we had, we won because of Jamar Chase basically at the end, but we didn't actually get what we paid for at quarterback late in the year anyway. Um, so that, I have not found a consistent strategy, but, but what, what about you, Heath? What would you tell somebody going in? What I generally do is, and this is where I think tiers, tiers are always important, but they become more important, is like I will have a list of four or five quarterbacks that I'll take with my first round pick and a list of four or five that I'll take with my second round pick. And, and I just kind of approach it that way. And if, yeah, if I can get an elite quarterback in round one and a, and a top 10 quarterback in round two, I'm going to take one in the first two rounds probably. But if I have a pick late in the first round and I miss those guys, I'm okay with trying to piece it together. And I, this is not a bad year to do that. Um, the problem this year is that some of the really high-end QB2s that we like, the Fields, the Lance, maybe the Trevor Lawrence or the Tua's, like then you've got to really kind of draft a third quarterback a little higher than you might normally as well. See, I, I think the bigger thing, honestly, is when you get your third quarterback, no matter what strategy you take. If you go too early, um, if you do the, the piece-it-together strategy, as Heath said, <clears throat> I, I think that third guy is almost as important to your strategy because – a, you're going to need somebody to replace, you know, two, you know, for your bye weeks. But you just laid it out, Adam. Who was the guy you were using to replace? Now, you guys are in a 10-team league, but who are you using to replace Lamar Jackson for that stretch? If you recall, was it Tyler Huntley? Was it, you know, a third guy that you, you know, kind of hit on? I think or was it was just a, just a serviceable third guy. Uh, right. Kind of, kind of I think Taylor through, Heineke you know? was, was one of our guys. 
at one point we definitely so you, you, you were you were playing the the roulette game um yeah. we had davis mills okay so you know again two guys that you picked up off waivers at some point because they didn't start the season as as starters or you drafted them late with the hope that maybe they got some playing time you know so uh do you guys all have three quarterbacks or more in your in your fishbowl league sort of i have jimmy garoppolo as my qb3 <laughs> i'm gonna say barely i have kenny pickett as mine okay so you guys both took the approach of wait and see or not really prioritizing like i took daniel jones as my third guy after taking uh herbert and Carr. um not that i made a huge priority to get daniel jones but when i started to see that the the qb3 is drying up or in some cases you know some some teams second qb i was like i want to have at least a third guy that i think will have some upside and i think daniel jones for the billionth year in a row will have some upside um but you know he was he was somebody that you know of the third i don't want to say third tier but you know the third wave you know, so past the guys you mentioned, Heath, of the fields to uh, yeah. you know Lawrence Group, you know it's it's Jones, it's um, Tannehill, it's. Uh, I think golf's a real sneaky one. Golf, he's, he's not Ryan. You know th- those those guys. You know uh, Daniel Jones was somebody that I was like, okay, he he still has the chance that if I need him, um, I feel okay with it as long as you know a grapple is not brought in, for example, to the Giants. All right, so I want to do a little bit of history in our two QB league. And see who the champions have drafted the last three seasons. So last year, R.J. White drafted Kyler in round one and Hurts in round three. In 2020, Ben Gretsch drafted Kyler in round one and Russell Wilson in round two. So that's two straight champions who invested heavily at quarterback. But in 2019, it was very different. You had uh, George Maselli and Will Brinson. I actually don't know who won, but George Maselli and Will Brinson met in the championship. And George did take Mahomes in round one, but he waited until round seven to get Matt Ryan. Whereas Will took Carson Wentz in round six and Lamar Jackson in round eight, which obviously was an amazing pick. That was Lamar Jackson's MVP season. Uh, so, I, like I said, I just haven't seen a consistent approach. Oh, this definitely wins you a super flex league. But boy, I, I can't imagine any of us are going to are going to not have at least one top 10 quarterback, right? If we can help it, you know? Well, two teams will in every league. But no, and none of us. I mean... I don't... I, I'm not I'm not ready to commit to that in the 2QB league. It, it could very well happen. Um, like, if we get into a situation where I've got the 10th or 11th pick and the first nine picks are quarterbacks, and I can get Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup or Austin Eckler and Justin Jefferson, then I'll, then I'll just wait it out for a while. And then you get to the end of round three. Like... What I remember, and this was back 2015, 2016, I think that 2QB league I won was the first year I worked here. And then the next year I was in the finals with a similar strategy. But like it's possible. It's just been harder lately because the really good quarterbacks have been so good. Yeah. Right. This could be a year, say, all the time, where you have you have Fields and Lawrence and Lance and Tua, and maybe they make the position deeper, and you can wait a little bit more. Uh, but, but you'd be surprised, by the way, if the first nine picks were quarterbacks, right? No, but probably the first six. Or not the first six, but six of the first six nine. Of the, yeah. All right. Uh, hopefully that helps a little bit. And we actually have a format show coming up next week. We'll talk about salary cap leagues. We'll talk about super Who's on that show? Do you know? I mean, I know who I put in the email. I don't know who I'm going to put on the thumbnail. <laughs> Adam's had a rough week with the schedule. <laughs> I miss Ben so much. All right, this comes I, from Sergio. I just went and looked when I saw, saw the schedule for next week. I was like, Control F Heath. Okay, I'm not on. I'm well, so, <laughs> he didn't mess it up. <laughs> so a little peek behind the curtain. So um, usually we use the the draft, the live draft show, as content for the site as well. And so 
Adam sent the schedule and I saw I wasn't on the live stream part of the schedule. So I said, oh, do I, do I not, do I have to do the draft, you know, our draft prep, um, our mock draft for, for this different. He goes, no, you're on the, you're on the stream. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. The Tuesday live stream is Jamie uses it for content. So that's why he's on every one. But of course in the email, I didn't put him, I did, I didn't write his name. <laughs> so Jamie, am I not on the show Tuesday? Oh no, you're on the show. Did I just not put you in the email? I suck at that. I'm just not good at it. All right. Uh, this is My favorite uh, one was, Sergio. Hey Adam, please just give me Monday off because I'm coming back from, you know, the 10 day trip and, there he was. <laughs> you think it's bad that I put you on Monday when you asked for Monday off? I put Dave on the entire week and he was off, okay? <laughs> Give me a break. This is from Sergio. We're making a switch from a two-receiver league to a three-receiver league. How much does this change your strategy? It's a $200 salary cap league. For some um, if there's sure. a flex also, you know, I, I think you can certainly lean into going receiver heavy and be very good. It is a flex right. also. So yeah, I, I think you go, you know, don't 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 stop, you know, lock yourself into I need to get three receivers early, but don't don't shy away from that also. Okay. All right, next email is from Tommy. Greetings, Mr. Oh, oh, by the way. Fran, Norm, Craig, and Joe are old Giants quarterbacks. I am pretty proud of myself for knowing that, best male host. Uh, this is from Tommy. Googled it. No, I said it. I said, are those old giants? So I kind of got it. <laughs> Who was it? Was Tarkenton part of the deep play for the Giants? Yes. Brandon Tarkenton. And then Norm Van Brocklin? That, that's what I thought, but I think it was actually a different Norm. Yeah, I think Norm Van Brocklin. Norm Sneed. Norm Sneed. Don't know who that is. Craig Morton and Joe Pasarczyk. Or Pasarczyk. Yeah. I don't remember how to. And that was all before Phil Sims. And all before me. Those are no YA title there, huh? Yeah, I know, right? Like, pick the do like YA, Phil, Daniel, and Eli, the four best quarterbacks in Giants history. Okay, you need a Giants photo behind you that's like <laughs> iconic. You know what's funny about this photo? It has the prices of all of the Super Bowl. These are all their Super Bowl tickets, and you can see how much the price has gone up. So their first Super Bowl, which was nineteen eighty-seven. January of 1987. $75. Last one was $1,200. That's crazy. <laughs> What's the most iconic Giants photo? Is it Wyatilla yes. with the blood on his head? Yeah. Or is it Beckham with the catch? I would say it's, it's, it's either David Tyree or it's Wyatilla. It's Daniel Jones falling down at the 10 with nobody around him. <laughs> That's the QB You can make sneak. a case it's Parcells getting carried off the field. No, I can't make that case. It's a terrible image. I would, I would not like that. Is it uh, McConkey waving the towel? I t already told you the two. It's Tyree or it's uh, uh, Tittle. Okay. Not Beckham's catch? I don't think so. Here's a third email. How about Eli Mopey face? Ten minutes later from Tommy. First year IDP in my long-running 14-team half PPR league. Five spots. Defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker, cornerback, safety. When do I start drafting these guys? How deep is the draft? So, fourteen is it five teams. Five rounds, like a fourteen-round draft. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my my feel always, and, and again, we've said this a lot that the two IDP leagues that we play in year yearly, um, 
one is just, we call our IDP league. The other is Heath's dynasty league. Um, the IDP league, I always wait till the middle of the draft to start looking at it, you know, and that's a 29 round draft. Yeah. I, round six ish is what I would say. I'm usually a little bit earlier on these guys than, than it seems like everybody else's, but then <clears throat> linebacker probably doesn't matter as much. Cause if you're only starting one linebacker, there are 12 of them that are as 14 team leagues. Yeah. So, 14. Yeah. Like there's, there's, eight to 10 exceptional high tackle linebackers at least. But um, yeah, I'd want to get some difference makers at the other positions. I think the one thing though, in, in this, because it, it only, you only need one. If you want to get one of the premier pass rushers and one of the better linebackers, you, yeah. you, you could go a little earlier. By the way, Patrick in our chat says the giants boat trip is. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Giants moment. That's good. Um, one other tip slash wisdom. When you're looking at the corners and the safeties, well, everybody, but especially the corners and the safeties, really prioritize tackles over fantasy points last year because a guy scores a touchdown or has a couple yeah. fumble recoveries and that can really like prioritize the high tackle guys. And also, depending on how your scoring is, if you get points for pass defense, um, that's big for corners because they're not going to have high tackle totals typically. Uh, so... You know, don't take Jalen Ramsey because teams don't throw at him. Right. You want guys that are going to be involved. Ramsey, though, kind of played all over the field. He was a safety. Yeah, he's probably a bad so, example. Yeah, but, but, but right, shut down corners. They don't get a lot of tackles. They don't get a lot of targets at them. So they're, that's why I don't really like cornerbacks and IDP because it's it, right. you really don't get reward. You get reward like with our, the Our, our league rewards guys. pass defense, and it changes a little bit. All right, here's a, an email from Dinesh. He's got two conundrums in his draft. Uh, well, I think they're hypothetical. I am picking in late round five. I have two receivers and two running backs. Brandon Cooks is on the board. I also have Lamar Jackson and George Kittle available. What direction would you take from here? So he's got two running backs, two receivers. Do you draft Cooks, Lamar Jackson, or Kittle? I'm taking Cooks. I would too. What if it's a two-receiver like league? And a flex. I'm probably still taking Cooks. I might go Kittle in that spot. Especially if it's PPR. Um, two receivers and non-PPR, then I might go Lamar. All right, a second conundrum. I am the eighth pick. I'm, I am picking eighth, and I take Dalvin Cook in the first round. At 2.5, I have Lamb, Mark Andrews, and DeAndre Swift. I would ideally like one wide receiver in the first two rounds, but I can't pass up the value of Swift there or get a potential number one tight end. What would you do if you had Dalvin Cook and you had to choose between Lamb, Andrews, and Swift? I would take Swift um, because you could be looking in round three and Michael Pittman could be there. T. Higgins could be there. I like that build a little bit better. I really think this might depend on how you feel about Kyle Pitts. Um, like If you think Pitts is not that far from Andrews, then he might be there in the third. Because that's a weird spot for getting Waller or Kittle unless you want to take them in round four. It'd be hard to get them at the end of round five. Um, I would take Andrews, but if you don't see as big a gap between Andrews and Pitts as I do, then you could take Swift and, and wait. All right, here's Jeremy Klein from a small town in Texas, Houston. With McDaniel coming to the Dolphins, do you feel that we will see a player have a similar role to what Debo Samuel had last year? If so, who will it be? 
I don't really, but my order of likelihood would be Chase Edmonds followed by um, Jalen Waddell followed by Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek did this as a rookie, right? Yeah, but he is so contact averse <laughs> the last couple of years. I don't know if he will run like Devo did through the hole. Well, he may not run the way he's supposed to go, but he may try to outrun people. I mean, I think if anybody's going to be in that role, it would be Tyreek. Yeah, but more likely nobody's going to be in that role, right? I mean, they don't have a physical receiver like that that's built that right. way. Yeah, I don't even so, think Debo's going to be in that role. You know, his carries are going to come way down. I would it's think. just so funny because, like, you know, I, at the owners' meetings, um, I had this question. You know, several other people are asking these questions. Um who would you use like Debo Samuel? You know, and it was, uh, you know, not necessarily that vague, but like, you know, I'm, I'm, I asked Cliff Kingsbury, you know, would you want to use Rondell Moore similarly? Or, or even, I'm, Kingsbury might have even brought it up on his own. He's like, you know, we, we can try and emulate some of the things that Debo did with Rondell Moore. Uh, did you ask him what he thought of the name Placebo Samuel? <laughs> no. Hmm, um, I still don't get it. I still don't think it makes sense. <laughs> I just don't think it works. Somebody asked uh, about Travis Etienne in that role, you know, yep. so. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 it's it's going to be copycatted to a certain degree by by certain teams, um, but there's a reason that dude is that dude. All right, this is from Ross. Hey, Ragnarok, Love and Thunder, Dark World, and Thor. Oh, Spider Man. Those are definitely not rankings. Long time caller, first time listener. Hmm, I think that's flipped, but that's okay. I have Antonio Brown in a dynasty league. Should I wait to drop him? I feel like he's just eating away a roster spot at this point. I mean, I think the, the rule is with anything throughout the course of a season or dynasty or whatever, if there's somebody available that you think is better, you drop him and you pick that guy up. Yeah. As a general rule, I, for some reason, would still like to hold him, especially with the Ravens wide receiver room and, and his hanging out with Lamar all summer. Okay, this is from Andrew. And he says, which three keepers should I select? Oh, wait, now it's only two. So we actually answered a keeper question for him in February, but things have changed quite a bit. He had Tyreek Hill and Javante Williams. Now Hill's on the Dolphins and Melvin Gordon's back on the Broncos. So pick two of these four to keep. I don't think there are any penalties. Uh, Oh, we get them for one extra season. Mixon, Tyreek Hill, Javante Williams, Pittman. Pick two. Uh, is just this year? One more season. If it's one more season, I have a hard time throwing back Javante. I'd go Mixon and Javante. I would too. If it's just this season, I would go Mixon and Pittman. This is from Max. I'm in a 10-team half PPR, three-receiver league with a flex. I have the ninth pick. How are you all feeling about drafting at the turn this year? Uh, so this is a ninth pick in a 10-team league, three receivers. And I like DJ Moore, but I feel like I'm reaching for him, I think, in the third or fourth round. So that would be 32nd overall in the fourth round. We don't consider that a reach. I'll just tell you that. Teeth and Jamie aren't going aren't gonna to hate that. But how do you feel about having the ninth pick in a 10-team league? It's fantastic. I don't hate it. Every pick is good in a 10-team league, I feel like. I, yeah, I never. I don't know. I mean, you're getting, you know, what, two two picks in the top? Two of the top 13 picks, right? 12. 12 picks? 
Yeah, that's great. It's still top 13. I didn't it is. It <laughs> okay, that uh, will do it for our emails. Let's go to our Apple Podcast questions here. This is from... No name on this? Oh, Jay from Roanoke. 12-team keeper league, we can keep three. Keep as long as you want. Just move up around each year. It is peeper... It, it's PPR. 12-team peeper league. I know about those leagues. PPR scoring. <laughs> that was enthusiasm. Aaron Jones in the seventh. Jalen Hurts in the eighth. Cam Akers in the 16th. So many. Tony in the 13th. Schultz in the 15th. And Dylan in the sixth. So pick three of those, and they can move up around each year as long as you want. Aaron Jones in the seventh. Hurts in the eighth. Akers in the 16th. Tony in the 13th. Schultz in the 15th. Dylan in the sixth. One QB? Yeah. Uh, Akers is an easy one. I'm going Jones, Akers, and Hurts. I'll go Jones, Akers, and Tony. Okay, this is from McGregor37. He says, Dear Alex, Pete, Georgie, and Dim. I think I know that. I think that is Clockwork Orange. Yeah. What a dreadful, dreadful movie. Oh, my gosh. Just awful. Like, screw you for making that Did we just go from peepers to clockwork orange? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Is that what you're making an eye joke? Mm. I don't know. Heath is just too smart for me. Uh, Can you help me with a keeper question? Oh, placebo, Samuel. No, just kidding. 10-team uh, <laughs> half PPR. We can keep any one player two rounds earlier than we drafted them the year before. No limit to how many years we can keep a player besides them not being available after they're drafted in the first or second round. I am torn between Antonio Gibson in the 12th and ETN in the 14th. ETN for me, easy. Yeah, I understand why you're torn. I'd probably lean ETN as well. This is from Thick Boy, Sick Boy. 12-team PPR question. Do I keep Diggs in the fourth? <laughs> I read it. Why not? Did we get a new distribution area? Are we? <laughs> uh, th- uh, okay. Do I keep... Well, it's thick with two Cs, by the way. <clears throat> so that changes everything. Do I keep Diggs in the fourth, Josh Allen in the seventh? That's what he said. Waddle in the seventh or McLaurin in the thirteenth. All right. So again, it's Diggs in the fourth, Allen in the seventh, Waddle in the seventh, McLaurin in the thirteenth. Keep one. Yeah. McLaurin. Yeah. From TD Hodges, can you just do a podcast describing the different styles of fantasy football and this, discuss the pros and cons? Yes. Yeah, we'll do that on Wednesday. Next question. <laughs> yeah. Just real quick, give me your favorite. Style. Superflex. Um, yes. Uh, and I will add Dynasty, Superflex, best ball with head-to-head matchups. Okay. That's... No. Well, you don't take away the starter-sit element. How many start-sit questions do you get a week, Keith? If you keep promoting best ball, we're going to be out of jobs. Because no, all we do for four months is to tell do. people who to start and sit. There's plenty of other things to do. It would make it would make September through December a lot 
a lot quieter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is from G-G-H-H-A-M-R, which is probably something perverted. I play in a half-point redraft league. Uh, we only have to start one running back with two wide receivers and two flexes. Uh, I think I should prioritize wide receiver from the 10 spot since I can roll up to four in a starting lineup. How should this lineup config influence my drafting strategy? Yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely more wide receiver heavy. I, but, I still but, want yeah. to get. You don't I need still to want to get two elite running backs in half PPR. Right. You don't. Right. Exactly. You don't need to. If you're at the ten spot and you can get an elite running back, Heath, like you don't have to go wide receiver just because of this format here. It's still a good. Wait, time to can get I that. start three running backs? No, two. Yes, 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 yes. You can. Yeah, I might draft three running backs to start. Why would you do that? How is that any different than? A regular league where you start two Half running backs PPR, and one flex. I think, like full PPR was designed to make wide receivers somewhat equal to running backs. Half PPR running backs are still king. But he, but it's still drafting three of them is not like that's very risky. This isn't best ball here. I know you can start three, but you can draft the third one later. You did a whole show about how round four through six wide receivers are where it's at. It doesn't mean I don't want a, a wide receiver in round one or two. Those guys are the best. So you'd be passing on potentially Jefferson or Chase to get Chubb? Well, maybe you'd more like you're passing on Diggs or Adams to get um, Diggs to get Chubb? I don't know. I would still take Jefferson at 10. I would not take Chase at 10. All right, this is from Quadman. Take one? Wait, I got to get the music out there. This is from Quadman. I'm in a 12-team half PPR Superflex League where we keep five every offseason. I was set on keeping Dak Prescott, Superflex, Austin Eckler, CeeDee Lamb, and A.J. Brown. Ooh, very nice. I was unsure about keeping Elijah Mitchell, and then I had the opportunity to straight trade him straight up for Jalen Waddell, and I took it, and he will now be my fifth keeper. Did I make the right move? You keep them if, for just this year? No, I don't think so. If Mitchell keeps the job all year, I would rather have him than Waddle in a half PPR league. I'd rather have Waddle. Yeah, the trajectory, I mean, in two years, probably going to favor Waddle. Right? Let's see. New quarterback in Atlanta. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Mitchell could be great, could be out of the league. Uh, all right, let me. I'm just uh, telling our YouTubers now. It's time to get your questions in. You just be reading those now? shortly. Well, we're going to read them now. And this is from CDM zero eight three, or that's an O O eight three. I have two separate questions. First, keeper decision. Uh, the league I play in allows for a player to be kept at their previous year draft cost and then go up one round in value every year. So I'm able to keep Swift in the eighth round this year. My other options are Kyle Pitts in the fifth, Bateman, Elijah Moore in the tenth. Who would you select there? Pitts in the fifth or Bateman or Elijah Moore in the tenth? Bateman in the tenth. I would go Bateman in the tenth. My other question is dynasty related. I did a startup draft and we're now preparing for our four-round rookie draft. 
I have the top pick, and I've received a few offers. One was DK Metcalf for pick 101 and Michael Gallup. The other was Hollywood Brown for 101. Also, I had an offer for the 109 and my combination of Sanders, Jacobs, and Singletary. So would you trade pick 101 for any of these? So it's 101 and Gallup for DK Metcalf. Would you do that? No. No. 101 for Hollywood Brown. No. No. 101 for 109. Or 101 and Sanders. Oh, no, no, no. No, sorry. 101 for 109 and Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, or Devin Singletary. No. No. Okay. Let's get some YouTube questions. Gabriel says, if it's before 1130, good morning from Hialeah. Please ask Keith when he and Dave will do a live Q&A at Twin Peaks Davey. That might be a little well. <laughs> okay. 10-team um, half PPR from Manuel here with two keepers. I plan on keeping Eckler, but I'm torn between Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. I would go with Chubb. I would go with Jones. From A12345. What is your favorite spot to draft in a 2QB half PPR 10 team league and why? That's exactly what uh, we have, Heath, our Superflex League. Yeah, I hate it. What? I hate it. Why? I don't like 10 team leagues very much. Sit up. Get out of here. <laughs> it's even more, unless you make a best ball. Um, I would like to have the first pick. Agreed. Disagree. I would like to have two stud quarterbacks, and I think picking somewhere around eighth would be better for that. Did you go quarterback, quarterback? Yes, we went Lamar Jackson and... No, no, I'm sorry, in the fishbowl. No, I went Kelsey, Hurts, Lance. And who was available when you took Kelsey? Very mean of Travis Kelsey, by the way, for hurting Trey Lance. Who was available? Tom Brady was (laughs) was available. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, I had the ninth pick, so I had the fourth pick in both round two and round three because of the reversal. I mean, I had the sec- third pick, and I went Herbert and Carr. Very happy about that. With the third pick. Okay, but that is a tight end premium. Yeah, but that's not two elites. I mean, it could be. It could be. But that's also 12-team league. Yeah. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't want to argue with this, about this anymore. Here's another, this is Dinesh, who wrote that email about the conundrums. He's got another one. Round seven comes, and you have four running backs and three wide receivers. Are you panicking for a quarterback or a tight end? Can you push that decision to the ninth or the tenth and still be happy with your draft? I think if you know your league and how they draft those positions, that would help. Um, I'm always very happy to still get Cousins, Carr, Lance, Stafford. Those guys are typically available. I don't know, again, how much longer Lance will be there, but those guys are typically available. And then tight end, you know, this is still a range for Schultz, but you have Hawkinson and Goddard in round seven. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not panicking, but if one of Hurts, Lamar, or Brady's fallen, I'm taking them. If one of Goddard or Schultz or Hawkinson's there, I'm taking them. It's really a great question because people, uh, they do panic, and you shouldn't because at round seven, I talk a lot about the rounds four to six wide receivers. 
Once you get to round seven at wide receiver, you're starting to run out of players that could legitimately win you your league. I know Debo Samuel did it last year. Jamar Chase did it in this range last year. That was unusual. So, I mean, you don't want to be getting your fourth wide receiver in round 10. There's a big difference between round seven and round 10. Uh, see, I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with you because I think we're going to see Hopkins in this range and can still de- be defined as a yeah, league winner. In round that. seven. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is in round 10, you're, you're unlikely to find a player like that. So, Well, at that position, maybe, but round 10 can be Madison, could be uh, Ramondre Stevenson still, could sure. be a lot of running backs that could win your league. Could be yeah. Garrett Wilson. Yeah, right. Okay, but specific. I mean, it could be, yeah, it could be Drake London. Could maybe, I think he's more like round eight or nine. Um, no, about round nine, if I recall, it's about 100th overall. Anyway, I'm just saying, historically... I was looking at the trends, you know, you're starting to run out of the league winning uh, wide receivers at this point, but not at quarterback, you know? So I'm just saying, I think. Yeah, I I definitely, I think he said it best. You don't have to panic, but I think also when you start to get to round seven and and to your point, Adam, if you look at the talent pool and you're like, I don't love any of these guys, you can certainly pivot to a Hertz if he's there or, or, or Russell Wilson, one of those guys, or, or you can, Definitely, you know, take the the Goddard, Hawkinson, maybe Ertz, tight end pairing in that spot too. Jim Parsons is in a super flex league. He has the second pick. Would you take McCaffrey, Cup, or Josh Allen? Allen. Allen. Let's see if I can find one more here. From M. Cooper, 305. Would you take Kelsey in late round two or Dalton Schultz in round six or seven? I mean, if Kelsey's there in late round two, that's one of the biggest steals of the draft. All right, let's change that to late round one, early round two. Would you take Kelsey in late round one, early round two, or Schultz in round six or seven? Kelsey. 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 All right. Have you thought of any more pet peeves? No. Yeah, me either. I just feel so bad. I have a really fun one, and I'm blanking. It's probably something Heath does. I think when Heath makes up quotes and adds them to the thread of terrible Azer quotes. What quotes did I make up? I never said that I didn't like Michael B. Jordan. Oh, you 100%. (laughs) That that was right during the uh, Creed era. I just don't remember saying. I don't know why I would have said that. I don't feel that way. I think you were trying to defend not liking Creed. Yeah, it's Creed. I don't dislike Creed. It's fine. It's an okay movie. Oh, uh, pet peeve is somebody telling me to work when I'm not supposed to. <laughs> mm. I man, I when somebody's trying to make an argument about a player and they take out all of their bad games and only use their good games, <laughs> the person they're comparing them to, they talk about all their bad games. Can I ask you a personal question? I have a, it drives me crazy. I have a decision I have to make tomorrow. Heath, maybe you can help me since you and I are in the same club here. Going to a birthday party tomorrow uh, for a four-year-old. And um, my son was invited. It's not just me showing up. So we're going to a birthday party for a four-year-old, but it's a pool party. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know anyone there. And I'm a little self-conscious about taking my shirt off, Heath, because, you know, you and I were in the, the hairy chess club. And I just I don't really know what to do about this. Um, Rash I am, Yeah, I'm a big proponent one. of uh, taking my shirt off in public. <laughs> so I don't think you should have anything to be ashamed of at all. <laughs> I am ashamed. Uh, rash guard would be a great idea. I feel like I need to go. Where do I buy one of those? Uh, Dicks. All right. 
I'm off to Dick's. We'll talk to y'all on Monday on Fantasy Football Today. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcast.